Good evening, Patriots. And it's Tuesday, at the end of Tuesday, April 11th, in the year 2023. I always get this in chat. I see all these good mornings. It's like, oh, man, I'm not there yet. Come on, folks. I'm still at 9 o'clock on the West Coast. But y'all are hardcore, staying up late past midnight. That's good. Patriots, before we begin, make sure that you're doing a lot to prepare your home and to prepare yourself. And one of those things that is necessary is to make sure you've got a good supplement to keep your energy up that's healthy. You don't have to worry about some sort of random chemical that might come from China that you can trust in that will keep your immune system strong and your body strong. And that's why we have a very special product known as Field of Greens. Fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. A great company, a great product, made in America. Everything in it is organic, and it's their headquarters is in Texas. Go figure. Uh, they are a company that builds a body supplement based on whole foods, plants, that are obviously grown organically, then they're freeze-dried, and then they're milled down to a powder. So you're getting the whole thing. One scoop, mix it in a, in a shaker bottle per day. That's what you need. Each container lasts for 30 days. It's a fantastic product. I've been taking it. I'm super pleased with it. It really does boost your whole body energy, your mind focus, everything. What's neat about it is every single product in there, plant product in there, is designed specifically for or is chosen specifically for somewhere in your body to help enhance aspects of your body. So it all comes together in a full holistic way. And I, I think it's a I think it's one of the best products currently on the market. So if you head on over to fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com, use your promo code, you're gonna get 15% off. If you sign up for a monthly service, which is cancelable or suspendable, meaning you can suspend it or cancel it at any time, then you get an additional 10% off. So it's up to 25% off. A great product line, great products. And the thing is that if you go to your doctor's appointment after using this for about a month and the doctor doesn't say something to you like, hey, your health is so good, keep doing what you're doing, they will refund your money. They're that confident in it, and I understand why. Tastes great, It's a, and it's knowing that what I love about it is I know what's going in my body. What I can't stand about so many of these supplements is it takes a science manual to read them, and this it doesn't. So check it out, fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Your promo code is BARDS, 15% off, and if you take the subscription, an additional 10% off. So encourage you to try it. I've, I like I do on all things, if, if it's going to be a sponsor or whatever we're going to do here, I use them first, and I've used this, and I like it. And it's always weird when you're using supplements or things you're putting in your body. <laughs> you hope they work. You're like, uh, Patriots, I've got something to tell you. I've been trying this new product, and it didn't quite work. I've just grown a tail. You know, and, and fortunately, nothing like that is happening here, and that's uh, a much better result, knowing that it's boosting your immune system. That's good. All right. Last night, we were reading from John 
And we are going to continue that tonight. We're going to start at John 16. There's a lot of important things in there. So very, John, I find John 14 to 17 to be really important for where we're at right now. Really important. But I want you to hear this piece And it's this kind of reflection of the type of insanity we're currently living in. This is Glenn Beck. Take a listen to this. This has to do with Christine Lagarde, who's president of the European Central Bank, who was tricked into a Zoom call with a fake AI president, Zelensky. Yeah, you heard that right. Check this out. Planning something. And speaking of that, there was somebody that did a fake interview uh, and was posing as um, Vladimir uh, Zelensky, the Ukrainian president, and uh, got the European Central Bank president, Christine Lagarde, on this video conference, and they were talking. Now, remember, one of them is AI. One of them is a fake, you know... uh, uh, individual, not the president of Ukraine, is not the president of Ukraine, but she didn't know it. Here's a little piece of that conversation. There are many protests in Europe uh, against uh, the electronic euro. Now, the problem is they don't want to be controlled. Uh, they don't want to... Uh... Yeah, but you know what? You know what? Now we have in Europe this threshold... Above 1,000 euros, you cannot pay cash. If you do, you're on the gray market. You take Mm -hmm. your risk. You get caught, you are fined, or you go in jail. But, you know, the the digital euro is going to have a limited amount of control. There will be control. You're right. You're completely right. Mm -hmm. We are considering whether for very small amounts, you know, anything that is around 300, 400 euros, we could have a mechanism where there is zero control. Mm. But that could wow. be dangerous. The That's terrorist attacks on France uh, back uh, 10 years ago were entirely financed by those very small anonymous credit cards that you can recharge in total anonymity. Got it? So anyone who says that digital currency is not coming, you're mistaken. It's already in in uh, coming down the pike in Europe. Anyone who tells you that, oh, well, it's not going to control everything, listen to what she just said. We'll have, it will have some control, some control. But we're thinking about, you know, uh, what was it, three to 400 euros? We're thinking, small transactions. Yeah, we're thinking about five to $700. You're going to be able to buy something, you know, and it won't be tracked. But anything above that would be tracked. However, that's very dangerous to do because the terrorist could win. That's what she just said. And that's really, really disturbing. And it's three or four times as bad when you realize she's talking to a machine. (laughs) And there you go. This is the world we now live in. I don't know, Patriots. We've got a crazy time and a crazy world. We're here right now. She's literally talking to an AI, which her own people were responsible for building. And, uh, yeah. So I've got one other here to play for you tonight. All right. So there's a lot of people talking about the new trans spokesperson for Bud Light Beer. 
Dylan Mulvaney. Apparently to celebrate Dylan's 365th day as a woman, they've put Dylan's face on the can. Yeah, you know Dylan? The woman? Yeah. Personally, I think it'd be more appropriate to put David's face on some Pennzoil transmission fluid. Get it? What the hell? Hey Bud Light, my mom's been a woman for 23,725 days. You didn't put her face on a can. Rosa Parks ain't on a can. Mother Teresa ain't on a can. Joan of Arc ain't on a can. Mother Mary ain't on a can. And she gave birth to Jesus. Anyway, if you're one of the people boycotting Bud Light for partnering with Dylan, I'd like to congratulate you on joining the rest of the world who's been boycotting Bud Light ever since we discovered it's literally the most disgusting tasting beer known to man. But seriously, if you're one of the folks who's mad that the official spokesperson for Bud Light is now a trans person, take a look in the mirror. You're drinking light beer. You're halfway there yourself. <laughs> That's Tom McDonald. Pages, this is, this is, I say these things because it's at this point where people are, are finally making a stand, thank goodness. But, you know, they, they had a pretty cool video today of like, Cases and cases and cases of Bud Light being run over by a, one of those big rollers that they use to compact the asphalt. And okay, that's good. But I'm, it, the thing is, we're not doing anything still to really address a lot of the major problems, which are things like the children. But when it comes to beer and it comes to money, well, look out, America's awake. So take a listen to this. This is from a guy walking through the San Francisco airport. Keep in mind that our Bud Light protesters, and I'm with Tom McDonald on this one. I mean, you're drinking light beer, dude. I mean, okay, good for you, but can't say much. And it's Bud Light, which is, ugh, and I don't even drink. But anyway, at least not anymore. So take a listen to this. This is from, while we're worried about the, trans stuff on Bud Light, take a listen to what's going on at the San Francisco airport. Okay, we're here at the San Francisco airport bookstore. Let's check out the children's section. Okay, we're here at Kids Nonfiction, the anti-racist kid. And to do your work at home, the anti-racist kids workbook. We've got this book is gay. Stacey Abrams, when we say Black Lives Matter, how to be a young anti-racist, a justice for all, and uh, maybe a, a volume two on her, I guess. Okay, we have sex is a funny word. Touching yourself is one way to learn about yourself. Yeah, that's in the San Francisco airport. Just in case you wanted to grab a quick book, for your child before you jump on the plane. Patriots, this war is on children, ultimately. They are waging a war on us to keep us distracted, like going after Bud Light beer with an actor who pretends to be a woman, and he is. While they wage a serious brainwashing war against the children, and that's the real war. Let's go to... John 16, these things I have spoken to you so that you will not be led into sin. They will ban you from the synagogue, yet an hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think that he is offering a service to God. These things they will do because they have not known the Father nor me. 
But these things I have spoken to you so that when this their hour comes, you may remember that I told you of them. However, I did not say these things to you at the beginning because I was with you. Continuing, but now I am going to him who sent me and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, grief has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I am leaving, for I do not leave. The helper will not come to you. For if I do not leave, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world regarding sin and righteousness and judgment, regarding sin because they do not believe in me. And regarding righteousness, because I am going to the Father, you no longer are going to see me. And regarding judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them at the present time. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will Disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take from mine and will disclose it to you. For things that the Father has are mine. This is why I say to he that he takes from mine and will disclose it to you. This world has lost a relationship with Christ, and we see this on so many levels. Those leaders of the world... They worship somebody else. And they are obviously hell-bent, literally, on trying to force us into a place where we have to comply to their will. But we always have a choice. It's just whether we are going to accept the choice. So I want you to think back to Exodus and, the, and leading up to Exodus, the 10 plagues. And that actually took years and yet nobody budged. And it wasn't until the final plague that when the firstborn died that the slaves left, but they didn't leave willfully. They were pushed out by the slave owners who wanted them gone or they were all going to be dead. And in so doing, the slave owners told them to take the gold and silver as they had already packed their kneading bowls and sent them on their way. I find the parallels we're at right now amazing because we're at a point right now when there seems to be, well, I would just say not seems, there is yet another attack coming on us, on our sovereignty, on everything that we stand for. And in that process of it coming at us, there's a lot of hand-wringing to wonder what we're going to do. What I know, and this is what I want to encourage everybody with, is that In this community, which we refer to as Bard's Nation, the one thing I have witnessed, and I think we've all shared and witnessed, is the fellowship that has been built here that's real. And I think what is important to take to heart is this fellowship isn't a normal fellowship in the way we think of it. When we talk about fellowship at a church, you're seeing people physically. Bard's Nation is a group that is spread across the world. God has brought people together through a digital platform, and yet there is immense fellowship that is built up in the love in Christ 
and a loose affiliation identity with Bard's Nation. I say loose because this isn't a worship. It's just in a way to identify each other. And what is amazing, when you hear testimony, like with the resistance chicks, will tell you it is a unique group of people, and you all are, and we all are, because we don't take these challenges lightly, and we seek to overcome. We become the overcomers. I'm not telling you we're the only group out there like that. I wouldn't do that because that's that God would probably smack me pretty hard for that anyway. But I will say that in the many groups that are out there, there are some very unique characteristics here for this time. But these characteristics aren't so unique as they are profoundly strong in faith. I want to read to you Luke 18, 1 to 8. This is a really cool parallel to what I'm talking about here. And this is parables on prayer. Now he was telling them a parable to show that all times they ought to pray and not become discouraged, saying, in a certain city, there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect any person. Now there was a widow in the city. She kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my opponent. For a while he was unwilling, but later he said to himself, even though I do not fear God nor respect any person, yet because this widow is bothering me, I will give her justice. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. And the Lord said, listen to what the unrighteous judge said. Will God not bring about justice for his elect who cry out to him day and night? And will he delay long for them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? That is an amazing passage and an amazing statement at the end. This is the juncture in which we sit right now on a number of levels. I've mentioned this exact thing before, that if you want to change things at a county level, which is the only place change is going to happen, that change would happen very quickly if every mother was constantly calling judges and county commissioners and sheriffs. Trust me. There is no power greater than the excuse me for this, women, I don't mean this negatively, but I do mean it effectively in the state of war. There is no power greater than a group of nagging women that are constantly chewing at you as a man. You're finally going to say, okay, okay, okay. Trust me, it works. And in that place, there is tremendous power in what, in what can happen and change. This... This is right here in Scripture. I'm not even making this up. I mean, the judge says it. I Even though I do not fear God nor respect any person, yet because this widow is bothering me, I will give her justice. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. No kidding. Women, understand your power. Men, support them. Encourage them. And stand guard so no one hurts them. That's, that's the roles here. If a guy sits down with the sheriff, the sheriff's going to be like, what do you want? Sheriff, I got a complaint. Yeah, dude, whatever. Okay, I've got a job to do. I complaint duly noted. That's going to be in some a guy's conversation. Here's how it goes. Uh, Mrs. Jones, can I help you? 
Yes, Sheriff, I'm here with my other my other girlfriends here. We're here to talk to you about the problem of kids being exposed to porn, pornography in the schools. Yes, but Ms. Jones, we talked about that last week. I know, Sheriff, and we're going to be here every single day, and we're going to be calling your wife as well, or your girlfriend, and we're going to be calling them, and we're going to get them to hear us, and you're going to have to live with us here every day and here, here at home. And then the sheriff's going to say, okay, what do you want me to do? You see the difference? It's pretty amazing. Trust me, guys have their role, but that isn't one of them. Talk about a force of change. We keep looking for men to stand up, and I agree. Men, please, we have to stand up. We have to be stronger, but women, use more of your power, please. This is fantastic stuff here. Seriously, changing the world. But the question again is, will there be faith? And I say this because this juncture that we're at, it's easy to lose faith. We're looking at this CBDC coming in. People are worried about their bills. And in fairness, because I made a kind of a snide comment about bills and stuff last night, and I, just because I have no respect for banks or government. But here's my point. We also know that that's being part of our life is we still have to pay bills. So how do we fight that? And it is a challenge because this is what's worrying everybody. Well, what happens if they cut me out? Look, here's the deal. There's going to have to be, we're in a transition point. And not everybody's going to be able to step out fully and say, hey, I paid off my mortgage. I paid off this. I've got everything paid off. Not everybody's in that place. I get it. So there is a bit of working with the system. But we have to fight for the right to be able to pay for what we need to. Did you know that by the Constitution, the only tender that's legal in the United States is gold and silver? That's where the fight begins. Because this corporation wants us to, corporation meaning the Fed and the corporation of the United States, meaning the pedophiles and perverts that occupy D.C. And there's a lot of them up there. That's like pedophile central up there. They want to force us into a digital currency. The only true tender that's allowed in the Constitution is the tender of gold and silver. And that, as I told you, is a, a format that I'm working on and hoping to get this drafted by the end of the month, in which case, as I told you, I will share it openly with everybody, is a is a measure that needs to be passed at every county that says that you cannot be mandated to pay in a digital currency. And furthermore, gold and silver has to remain as a viable means of payment. They're going to go through a transition, but the county can mandate these sorts of things. And I, I'm saying these things out here because I don't want people to get discouraged and feel like this is overwhelming. And there's a lot of questions on how to fight. So put those two together. We take and we put together a measure that says that people can pay in gold and silver for anything. And you have the force of the woman in the sheriff's office of the county commissioner's office, meeting with the wives of the county commissioners and the sheriffs and the city council members and the, and the mayor. Ooh, that can get pretty intense. Lots of change can happen right there. Good change, by the way. Let's continue with John 16. We'll start at 23. 
And on that day, you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be made full. These things I have spoken to you in figures of speech. An hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. On that day, you will ask in my name, and I will not. I am not saying to you that I will request of the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and, has, and have believed that I come forth from the Father. I come forth from the Father and have come into this world. Again, I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, See, now you are speaking plainly and are not using any figure of speech. Now we know that you know all things and that you have no need for anyone to question. This is why we believe that you came from, the, from God. Jesus replied to them, Do you now believe? Behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered, each to his own home, and to leave me alone, and yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, so that I may so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. Now I want to go on one more passage here into 17, and it all ties in. So listen carefully. Jesus spoke these things, and raising his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that the Son may glorify you, just as you have given, just as you gave him authority over all mankind, so that to all whom you have given me him, he may give eternal life. Now, I want to go over that wording because it's not often looked at. Listen to what Jesus says again. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you. Patriots, we talk all the time about glorifying. Our whole role is to glorify Father. But Jesus just inverted this. And I want you to understand, think about this a minute. By asking, by saying that up here, just before, he says that whatever you ask of the Father, he will, he will bring, he will deliver because you believe in me. And he's given dominion to us. We have that. So here Jesus is saying to the Father, glorify me, exactly reverse of what we normally do. But why would he do that? Because by glorifying Jesus, the world will see the Father through him and glorify the Father. These are our authorities. And this is what is so profound, is that we have the authority to ask God for anything. The question is, are we really using our authorities? And do we truly believe in that? This is an amazing moment in time as we start to look profoundly at this world and we look at all the challenges that we have out here. And we have been very well conditioned, things like you're not worthy, Jesus is coming and will take care of everything, the end of times is coming. These are various issues out here. And sadly, once we get into those 
like revelation prophecy and revelation framework of things, which I really can't stand. And you know that. Not and be clear, don't somebody come and send me like, you don't believe in revelation. That's not what I said. I don't believe in living to the expectation of the end of times. Because ultimately when we drive that, what we're doing is we're driving a relationship with Father and to Jesus that's driven by fear. When you come to somebody and try to bring them to Christ, believe me, I grew up in a town like this. And everything is framed in some version of like, you need to come to Jesus. The end of the world is coming. That is a fear-driven relationship. And the minute that that doesn't manifest or that fear is gone, guess what? Those that came to Jesus too often drift away and don't carry them in his heart. God loves us all. Everybody is born into this world with a choice. But what's most profound is, is what is being shown here by Jesus right here in John 16 and John 17. Is it anything that we ask of the Father, he will provide? I'm sure that if you went and you said to the Father, I want a Learjet and I want a Rolls Royce and I want a mansion, I'm not sure you're going to get that. Because if he deems it's not necessary, he's going to be like, okay, whatever. We're talking about powerful things in terms of what we're doing in this world. Keeping in mind that we are kings and queens, intended to be kings and queens, rulers of this world, born of the Most High. And this is our training time, if you want to look at it like this, for us to be matured and refined to be the bride. So what's amazing about these passages here is that when Jesus is asking the Father to glorify him so that the Son may glorify you, Father, meaning as well that the world will be able to see the Father through him. I would just ask a question if you've ever done that. And it's not blasphemous. It's right there. Just so I say this. We have the authority to ask God for things. So when we talk about healing or we talk about casting out demons or we talking about or talking about being the light that draws people to Christ, we're asking the Father to glorify us so that in the glorification of him, others see him through us and are drawn to him. This is a, a really powerful place when we start to declare in our own prayers what it is that we want in the world. And as we declare them, keeping in mind that we're given authority, we always like to qualify, Father, if it's of your will. But here's the thing. I'm not saying that's wrong, so don't take it that way. But I'm not sure it's necessary. It's not because I'm not humble. It's because God's already given me authority. God has given me authority to walk on snakes and scorpions. He's given me authority over all the power of the enemy. And furthermore, he has told me, Jesus has told me, that the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. When we put those together and we're sitting here wondering like, okay, well, I wonder how this is going to happen. Maybe, maybe I'll get lucky. Maybe I'm born with it. Why not declare it? When you see somebody in need of, of health of, to heal, declare it. Father, I'm asking now to, I'm praying and asking for this leg to be healed that's broken. I'm asking for this person that's sick to be, be healed. And if you have any doubts about that, and 
every Friday now on Bended Knee, we're doing this as a process and we're seeing incredible results without even having to lay on hands. This is so important in, in the way I see where our walk because it is a place where we start to really embrace the love and the trust of our Father. There is a time, like children, that we have to ask permission. But we were born into this world to move through a place where we then can assume authority and learn how to manage authority. If we're out of line, God's going to guide us. He's not going to cast you into hell because you stepped over the line. You may get rebuked, but it's a loving rebuke to, be, to mature us in the process. But see, that's yet another thing. There's this piece floating around by one of the Trump, big Trump supporters. And he's literally stating out here that those people that went against Trump, God is going to start wiping them off the face of the earth. I don't know what God he knows, but that's not our God. There is wrath and there is judgment, but the thing that we can see time and time again is it's this measured response on all things. God all things. God wants his many of his children to come home. And it's therefore that we see even at the last moment of some of the most crazy and heinous crimes that are done when people accept Christ and repent they're allowed back. It doesn't mean they're going to be sitting out here in the front row. They may be back in the peanut gallery or they may get the janitorial duty in heaven for the rest of their life. But nonetheless, there is this window that God keeps a very fine window in for judgment. And judgment comes in many forms, just like with the widow. That process, her prayers were answered. That judge delivered justice for her. But the question that God asks, which is so important, is will there be faith when the son returns? Faith is the greater issue because it's easy to ask. It's much harder to hold the line of faith and endure. And literally, this is where we are right now in a time when there is so much going on and we want, we want, we want. But the principle around all of this isn't just for us. When we start declaring, and I haven't mentioned me in this or you specifically as the I, when we're talking about declaring things, it's framed on the one primary mission that Jesus told us. Love thy neighbor like thyself. Love thy neighbor. And that's such a fundamental aspect of what our walk is. I will tell you, in this last th four years of this walk, the way God has led me, shown me, opened my heart has been transformational for me. And the biggest thing that I've been shown is the mightiness of the warrior that wields the sword of spirit rather than relying on the sword of steel. I've used this metaphor a great deal about the sword, and, and it's important to grasp because when you truly train with a sword, the sword once drawn in the real, uh, the real sword, not your practice sword, once drawn, there is no safety on that. It's a live blade. You make a mistake, 
cost somebody their life or a limb, even your own. And when you're moving the sword and it's when a sharp sword, you even put it back in the scabbard incorrectly, you're going to cut off a finger or cut yourself deeply. Short swords are viciously sharp. So as we look at this in our world and we start to realize that all of these things we're talking about, we have to face an accountability for all things spoken, all things thought, all things done. And it's not a judgment of punitive. It's an accountability that we have to make in this world. Why would we be held to such a high standard? Because we're the children of the Most High, who is refining us for leadership. This world that we're in is so important for us to step in. It is so important for us to lean into all these authorities given, to learn how to use them, to learn how to talk to Father, to learn how to ask, to ask Him to glorify us so that we can glorify Him, so that others can see Him through us. These are the things of kings and queens. And as we walk this earth with that authority, this nonsense that's coming out of D.C. that gets so many people riled, it's just that. Take away our digital money, no big deal. I've got heaven and I've got Father God. And that's ultimately it. It's just like back to Exodus. All things ultimately were provided. All people had to do was trust in him. So in this hour where we have a very critical juncture coming at us, a big one, and there's a lot of weight being put on everybody. There's a lot of intentional manipulation of information to try to stimulate fear. There's a constant barrage of trying to make people feel insecure. There is a real war being waged on children. And there's the distractions, all these other places with actors trying to pretend like they're women or men, constantly trying to keep us off foot. But what we don't have enough of is the declaration of our authority from heaven. This is a time when we have to establish our authority and understand that our authority emanates from love and a forgiving heart where God wields the greatest power of justice. And as we do that and understand that we can ask him for things, we can push into this world with the authorities given, that we have the authority truly over snakes and scorpions and all the aspects of the enemy. A world where we could literally create a world where people witness the miraculous healings, not because we're some spiritual crazies, but because Jesus told us we could through him. A world where we can free people from their demonic influences and in the process, awaken their eyes, their heart to the power of the Holy Spirit and to the love in Christ. A world where people could witness what they would see as miracles and where we would literally be walking in a place of heaven's authority, the authority authorized by us by Father God. That can happen. All we have to do, not not only do we have to believe, but we have to also ask. 
And when we ask for that and ask Father to lead us, I don't know the path that's going to come. I don't know what the training looks like. I know that I have, and I know that it has begun in my life, and it comes in many different forms. It's not linear. It's not like you open up a book and go, okay, step one, go up to the batter's mound, batter's plate, put your feet this way, and pick up the bat. It isn't that simple. Because these authorities that are being given to us are amazing, but they are part of who we are. And I think that's what is most amazing about all of this as we learn and look deeper into the, what Christ gave us. So let me finish here with a couple things in John. So again, starting in John 17, Jesus spoke these things and raising his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so that the son may glorify you. Just as you gave him authority over all mankind so that all whom you have given him, he will give eternal life. And this eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on the earth by accomplishing the work which you gave, have given me to do. And now you, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world existed. I have revealed your name to the men whom you gave me out of, out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have followed your word. Now they have come to know that everything which you have given me is from you. For the words which you gave me, I have given to them, and they received them and truly understood that I came forth from you, and they believed that you sent me. I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on behalf of the world, but on the behalf of those whom you have given me because they are yours. And all things that are mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. I am no longer going to be in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, so that they may be one just as we are. While I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me, and I guarded them and not one of them perished except the son of destruction, so that the scripture will be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of this world, just as I am not of the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them away from the evil. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself so that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. I am not asking on behalf of these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. Patriots, this is just such a powerful set of passages to remind us of the power of unity in the body of Christ. It reminds us of the authorities given to us by Christ. 
reminds us of the power and blessings which God has given us that we can truly declare into the world. This is how I walk. Again, not everybody may agree with this, and that's your choice, because heaven gives us choices. But our mission here is real. Our time here is real. And it's not a passing time or passive time, but one in which we are actively engaged in one of the greatest spiritual wars in the history of humankind. And to win that, we have to start acting as we were intended and designed. We are the children of the Most High, given the authorities over all evil, dominion over all, dominion over all evil. And task and purpose is that we can do greater works than he. When you put those together, I don't know any evil that can stand up against that. But we have to begin by believing, trusting, and asking Father God to help us through this and to glorify us so that we can glorify him. Let's pray. Father, we are in an amazing time, a blessed time, that we can come together that we can see this world through a different lens, your eyes, eyes that you've given us to see. And as we continue to walk here and realize that this enemy has no fear of you because we haven't done a job of empowering you through us. This enemy continues to run rampant over children, over widows, over those that have no voice. They, they continue to use intimidation and fear, and worse, they've even moved to a level of convincing people to mutilate themselves, especially youth, to install groomers in our schools, to cause deep and long-term damage within the soul. Father, Today, for whomever will join in this prayer, I ask that you will glorify us with the profound sense of who you are so that as we walk in this world, you are seen through us, that we become the true light of heaven, not only to shake and rock the foundations of the enemy, but to open the eyes of the many who need Jesus in this hour more than ever. Father, and by glorifying us, we glorify you. And we're asking this now in the authorities that we have been given to walk this earth, to begin to embrace and learn with your wisdom how to employ the authorities given to us to better bring the power of heaven to this ground and in so doing, free the many that are trapped within the control and influence of pure evil. Let us heal those that are in need of healing. Let us cast out the demons of those that are entrapped. And Father, let us walk that humble path of the warrior, that people may see the greatness of kingdom, 
shaken by the power, the tremendous power of love that would emanate from our hearts as we wield the greatest sword of all, the sword of the Spirit, understanding profoundly the sense of who we are, that words have the power of life and death, and that we ourselves come from the Most High, you, Father. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Patriots, in this hour, we have a lot of fight to do, and there is a lot of evil that has no respect for what we are or who we are because we haven't flexed the mightiness of what kingdom's given us. We don't have to crush evil under the boot. We only need to rock evil with the power of the sword of the spirit and the love which that presents. Love ultimately does conquer all in the most profound sense. And love, it doesn't always mean that it's hugs and kisses. Quite to the contrary. Love love is a mighty force that is often very hard to confront because love is also truth. And when you're faced with truth at the deepest of levels, not much can withstand that. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war, so walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tomorrow. For bended knee, until then or until the next time, God bless, good night, thank you, and out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again Dive into the deepest end Oh, I want to feel something Let me get back in my body